0: Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. The numbers told the story, they always do. of so
1: those idiots who believe in analytics, this is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on
2: Visa. Hour number two of a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, Visa.com, the Visa app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube, TV, all proudly brought to you by BetMGM. Skill Alexander, Wyatt Tomchek. Ladies and gentlemen, noted fan of the Milwaukee Bucks and the Green Bay Packers. In for Kelly Bidlin, who's ailing this morning.
3: He is, but I, we texted a couple times. He seems to be oh. – he's good enough to text. What do you
2: know? He's healthy.
3: He's good enough to text. Hey, you know, we were – you mentioned Jordan Love. I was really happy about it. I felt uh, 36 felt in points in preseason week one game. Yeah. Super Bowl's coming
2: our way. Do you Do you hope for the best? I, I mean, I i think
3: – I liked what I saw out of, out of Jordan. Yeah. I think uh, he looks calm, cool, and collective. Uh, the first drive, I thought the safety made a real good play on the deep ball to Christian Watson – he overthrew Luke Musgrave on an open uh, drag route, but he came back in the the second drive and threw a beautiful ball to Romeo Dobbs, where Dobbs can only get to it. So I I liked what I saw. It uh, he looks. I think that's the big thing for an NFL player is you got to look comfortable there. And I thought Jordan looked comfortable. He controlled the offense and did well the first two drives.
2: Did you say calm, cool, and collective? That's right. The triple C's. Isn't it calm, cool, and collected? Yeah, whatever. Okay, just curious. I like to make up words, too. A English stuff here on the show. Um, before we get to Felica, well, maybe we can bring in Felica for this, but you and I were just having this, because we, we just talked about Immaculate Grid with Spore, and I don't want to make too much of this, but this has really sort of gotten to be an obsession with it, and again, I, I talked about it a little last week, which is this just online baseball game, three teams, th- th- you know, nine, nine squares again, three by three. Sometimes it's teams, mostly it's teams, and you just have to f- come up with a player that played for both of them right the vertical and the horizontal or it's a stat combined with a team and you have to figure out a guy who's done you know who hit 300 let's say for a certain franchise and you and I were saying that the biggest quirk of all this and i was, it one it teaches you about yourself again what were the years of your life i said it last week where it's like you go through marriage divorce having kids deaths in family but somehow i know that richie zisk played for the rangers you know it's like so uh, What? why is it specifically about baseball because football is really my love right but it's not the same for football what is it about baseball specifically that has this place in your brain you were saying the, the most frustrating part is the days where you start out 5 for 5 and you're like 2% or lower on all of them you're like this is the immaculate grid of all immaculate grids but then there's a franchise that just murders you oh, like, like the Marlins or someone like that you're like I only know one Marlins team well
3: yeah, or or when they mix like the you know the pirates and the royals together, I'm like, oh god! I, yeah, I'm trying to remember like who was on what team. Awesome. Like, there's only been one good royals or two good royals teams the last 30 years
2: for me to remember. It's awesome. It's been, it, we spend much of our day on this stuff now. Uh, Chris is obsessed as well. He is the bear from Fox Sports, back from Australia where he's watching the Women's World Cup and giving out great bets. By the way, had a great betting record on this. How you doing, Chris?
4: Richie Ziska uh, Mariner Ranger, by the way, so the Mariner Ranger combo <laughs> that's, that's right. pops up. Uh, Rick, Rick, he'll probably be somewhere right around that what three percent, probably uh, range as well. I don't, I don't think the, uh, the user demo right now will be going back to the seventies and eighties for Richie Zisk.
2: Should, shouldn't a play? Shouldn't a person who's like a thousand years old be better at this game? Right? Like if you remember someone from the forties and fifties,
4: exactly. Yeah, and, and it's amazing how you can like, the recall of. Sitting there in the late seventies, early eighties, and looking at the faces of baseball cards as you're collecting, and then you turn into the, the Roto age of the of the early nineties and today. Like I, I, I do, I'm just flipping back. Okay, 1979 with the with like the pennant on the bottom, and like I, I remember there was a I, I was like bump. Like, it's funny because the Blue Jays and Rangers popped up a couple days ago as a combo, and I remembered. The Bump Wills error card, yes. where it has him in yes. a Rangers jersey, but a Blue Jays like team logo. So the card was—he never played for both of them, but the card actually had him as a uh, as a Blue Jays member the Blue Jays, even though it was, it was just a. It's uh, just funny how your mind thinks of this stuff.
2: It is total zeitgeist of of American sports fan right here. It is re- it is so awesome. Okay. Um, couple things before we go, I want to get your soccer thoughts on the women's world cup we're at the semis now and i want to get three college football season win totals that you have for us which are all unders on mm-hmm. uh, three different conferences before that talking right uh yeah shot i the man loves unders that's how you're supposed to do this uh that's what your instinct ought to be on on many of these not all but many um first though you like to delve into cross sport parlays are you still doing those? And if so, would you like to share a combination or two? Maybe not the exact combination, but, <laughs> but certain parts, certain legs of those combinations that you're looking at in, in making those bets.
4: It's interesting. Like, when what did you do on your first off day in Australia when I was down there? Um, I, I sat in front of a kiosk to said a, a sports book for about three hours and punched in a bunch of cross parlays that if I potentially wanted to figure out do I, do I This thing, like electronically over the phone, am I going to have to fly back to Australia to do it? But no, it it was great because I I sat there and 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 accumulated like a like a seventeen leg parlay that basically Otani and Otani American League MVP Acuna NL MVP Garrett Cole AL Cy Young Corbin Carroll NL Rookie of the Year. These are all big prices, but as you get deeper and deeper into the uh, the and these are all bets that are going to win. Uh, and I got I singled the Aces and uh, the WNBA, and, and then I have a, a, a combo of a Super Bowl champ, World Series champ, and Women's World Cup champ. So, as long as Australia doesn't win, I, I'm live to Spain, England, and and Sweden, who uh, I liked before the tournament. Then I got the uh, the, the the obvious Astros, Braves, Dodgers uh, in, in baseball, and then the NFL is where I went a little bit deep and a little off the board. I got Chiefs, Niners, uh, Cowboys, Browns, and Jets. Those were the five that I went with in the NFL. But uh, it, it, it extrapolated out to a, a, a decent number of parlays. But it, uh, the the math, which how I paid them, uh, if I wind up hitting one of them, it'll be a nice score. But yeah, if you uh, if Sweden happens to lift lift this trophy on. Uh, on Sunday, uh, Bears' bank will be very fall, I can promise you that.
2: Yeah. So mainly, mainly the chalky, but in the NFL, Chiefs, Niners, Cowboys, Browns. What was the fifth? Saints? Did you say?
4: Jets. Jets. Part Believe of it or not, Jets. I did okay. not. I did not. I did not want to be the one to, uh, as a lifelong Jets fan, to actually have the magical year and be sitting there Super Bowl Sunday, being like, "Oh my God, I'd be alive to well into six years Jets win Super Bowl," and I don't have them, so that would just be like perfect Jets fandom.
2: Yes, it would be. Well, yeah, I think you I think you may have tipped us off here on your uh, Women's World Cup leanings because you have uh, some betting interest in them. But were you landing on this right now? I'm curious to see if you would uh, remain consistent with it. The two semis are set. Yeah. Spain, Sweden tomorrow night. Australia, the home team, and England on Wednesday. What you got?
4: I don't understand why Sweden continues to be kind of overlooked from the odds makers perspective, if you look at what they've done so far in the tournament and won all three of their group stage games outscored their opponents by 9-1, by to one. round to 16 they knocked out the more ranked team in the world they did advance quarterfinals, Japan was a team in the tournament that has been playing I think the best, most exciting brand of soccer in the tournament so far, they beat Japan who, oh by the way Beat Spain four nil in the group stage, that is Sweden's semifinal opponent. And now, a lot of times in sports, too, like you hear like the whole uh, like with the Red Sox, like you, you needed to lose the ALCS in that type of fashion to the Yankees in order to get over the hump, or you needed to, or the or the you need to build that scar tissue ultimately to kind of get you to the next stage. Well, That's kind of where Sweden is with they, they've never won a major trophy. Lost in some semifinals, lost in some finals. This is kind of the last chance of this group to go out and win something. I think they have a great chance to to beat Spain um, tomorrow. I mean, I mean, Spain wasn't great by any means uh, in their win over the Netherlands. I mean, it it, it took them a late goal to uh, to, Netherlands ultimately tied it up, and they won it in, in extra time. But a lot of times, Spain has a lot of possession and they don't necessarily see it through for, uh, for goals. I think how technically sound and how efficient Sweden are in set pieces. I, I, think, I think Sweden, the, uh, the draw win, is a good bet here, rather than a minus 130 or so. So that means for 90 minutes, if the match goes, the extra time you win, or if Sweden actually wins in 90 minutes, you win. That's so, how I
2: play so it. So Sweden win or draw, minus 130. Yep. Okay. Uh, by the way, the draw individually plus two ten. Sweden individually on the three way plus two seventy five. But uh, Chris is going to go with the minus one thirty bet, draw or win on Sweden. That is tomorrow, Wednesday. Australia and England. How do you see that?
4: It's, look at these the way these two teams got there. I mean, Australia has been without uh, its best player Sam Carr, for majority of the tournament. She came back and played. Uh, a good bit in the uh, in, in the in the France quarterfinal match. I mean, both teams have been so resilient. They had a number of people uh, miss out on the roster because of injury, uh, and then they lost Lauren James due to a uh, a red card against Nigeria. Girl Walsh, they're, they're arguably their best player. Uh, she missed sometimes as well, but all they did was find a way to get through a Nigeria penalties, uh, which they lost James they fell behind 1-0 to Columbia, a really young, energetic, exciting squad, came back in one two one, 2 one and they're the favorite in this tournament. I wonder, in, in a spot like this, and having been down there for a month, how excited the nation is for Australia, for the Matildas, and, and maybe getting Sam Kerr back. I, I wonder if the emotional high of that the longest uh, penalty shootout win ever in World Cup history, beating uh, in that match, that, like how much did that take out of them? We saw earlier in the tournament and the players actually mentioned it how New Zealand upset Norway in the very first match of the tournament and it was like, oh New Zealand's going to advance now. they all got to do is get a point against Philippines. Well, they lost the Philippines. they were one of the worst teams in the tournament. And they came out actually in between the Philippines match and then the final group stage match. and said, yeah, you know what? we were so excited. it was hard to get back in mindset. To, to focus on the match. You know, I don't know if that's necessarily going to be easy, but I think I think it might be something to be aware of I think England are the best team uh, in, in the tournament remaining uh, I do think they're deeper I think they're better than Australia at times Australia we've seen their back line get a little a little sloppy so I like England to advance in under three and a half goals. I think Australia will have a hard time scoring
2: there you go college football season win
0: total totals next
5: A numbers game on VSEN,
3: the sports betting network.
2: Throughout the NFL preseason, the VSEN experts are busy evaluating every team to give you the betting edge. Our updated NFL betting guide is due out later this month and will help you get ahead of the upcoming NFL season. With picks from every on-air host, team-specific preseason analysis, how to use Visa and betting splits and football contest strategies. Become a Visa Pro subscriber today for as low as nineteen dollars and reserve your copy of the guide. Or take advantage of our football season special and get access to everything we do through the Super Bowl for only one hundred ninety-nine dollars. Sign up today at visa dot slash subscribe. It's Gil Alexander. I want to apologize for uh, the uh, the janky tech connection today. Uh, it is not Chris Felika's connection. It is not Paul Spores connection. It is us. It's not you, it's me. Um, so we apologize for that. We're working on it. We hope uh, hope that it gets better, and uh, we're fighting through it. But we're getting the gist of it. Anything that uh, falls between the uh, the cracks here, we'll, we'll sort of uh, clarify. But we're getting the gist of what uh, the guests are pitching you on bets-wise. And speaking of that, Chris Felika from Fox Sports joins us once again uh, to give a, a few, not just two, but a few, three, college football season win total unders never too late where do you want to start let's go to the acc what do you got there is it under
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. two in the acc and uh, the first one's georgia tech it's four and a half and, and again I'm, I'm fully admitting i probably missed the best numbers because i did get a late start and um I, I i apologize for that but i do see four and a half and i still think that's it's worth the play I mean, this is a team that they weren't supposed to be very good last year, and they surprised some people by winning last year. And, and then it was gone. And I think Brett, uh, Brett Key, rather, who um, took over midseason, they gave him the job because he did so well. And a lot, a lot of times, these like co- these coaches that get the job after being successful on an interim basis, who knows how that's going to play out? I mean, they did add Haynes King in the transfer portal uh, to re- to replace Justin, who went to Nebraska. But I-, I just wonder, some of those wins last year that Georgia Tech had, it might be a situation where teams just completely looked past the Yellow Jackets because they figured uh, they would be a little bit of a push. Like, I don't know how they came back from 17 nothing down early in the game to North Carolina. Uh, I-, I just... I just don't know this year with Georgia Tech if we can really say okay they from, they're going to go from four wins to five wins this year. I mean, any time in a non-conference schedule, uh, you, you're looking at having all, an all a road game against Ole Miss and then Georgia is two non-conference game those true losses, and then even some of their ACC games, the winnable games like Georgia uh, like like Wake Forest is on the road, Virginia is on the road, they do get BC at home. Like it feels very four. As long as you can get four and a half, I think you're good.
2: Under four and a half on Georgia Tech for Chris. I mean, I I don't want to make a completely outlandish statement, but this may may be that. I'm looking at the schedule. We all do this, right? We looked up and down the schedule. Mm -hmm. We're like, okay, they're going to beat South Carolina State. Let's give them Bowling Green at home. Let's give them BC at home. Let's give them Syracuse at home. All the others, I guess, could be losses. Is, Is it too outlandish to say that this entire total, the four and a half, could come down to their very first game, Against the Jeff Brom coached Louisville team, like that to me seems like their fulcrum game.
4: I, I think it probably would be the Syracuse game, November eighteenth. I, I think that's one late in the year, depending how the Orange fare this year. With um I mean that was another team that surprised me last year. They a lot better than that as they would, and depending on how this season goes, that could be a, a fulcrum game for both Syracuse and Georgia. So I think Louisville beat George. I think Louisville has an opportunity with Brom uh, to to be very good this year. I think. Moving on from Scott Satterfield is a good thing for both parties. The a bad job, but I think I, I just think the fit wasn't right there, and I think Louisville uh, is going to be much improved this year. But uh, another under in the ACC, um, a team that I mentioned on Georgia Virginia, and I hate with every with the awful season that Virginia had last year. I'm not talking about on the field, the, the unspeakable tragedy. Uh, that that happened. you hate being skeptical. You, you want to root Virginia and you want to see them back to back and have a good season this year. But I, I don't know if it's going to happen. You, you lose. I mean, the offense took such a massive step back last year, and that was with Brennan Armstrong. And now he's gone. Uh, they, they're still certain what they're going to do. Like I, we were one the worst offenses in the country, and they shouldn't have been with Tony Elliott. And his pedigree that he has had as an offensive guy at Clemson. So, uh, like the bottom kind of fell out on the field, and then the season was tragically cut short uh, because of the deaths of the in, in the horrible shooting. But like, again, we talked about non-conference schedule. Like Virginia, right out of the gate, Tennessee. You're not going to beat Tennessee.
2: James Madison. Is, is, James James mean, Madison scares
4: me. Uh, uh, believe it or not. Maryland, like right out of the gate, like you're staring zero three. NC State, you're maybe zero four, and BC, eh? Like I don't, I don't know. Man, three and a half. I, I think if they get to four, uh, so uh, I feel pretty good about Virginia on three and a half.
2: By the way, is the kid from Monmouth? You know, I have a connection to Monmouth. Tony Musket is—is he the starting quarterback projected there at Virginia? He, he potentially could be. Yes. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Great, great FCS quarterback, but you know how this goes when you step up a level. Uh, so we shall see. So under right. under three and a half on UVA for Mr. Felica. And one more. We go to the Big Ten. What do you got here?
4: Yeah, um, and Michigan State is a team that two years ago, I was this is the third straight year I've actually been involved uh, on, on Michigan State. Two years ago when they had that magical season with Malt Tucker, uh, I was on, on, on under, and I heard a lot from Michigan State fans throughout the course of the year about how awful my pick was then. Hmm. Last year, I was on Michigan State under, I guess I said a lot of the things that they did in uh, in 2021 were not going to be sustainable in 2022. And then uh, I kind of didn't hear from Michigan State fans last year after the uh, the Washington game, which tells you about how well the, uh, the season went from their viewpoint. I'm under five and a half again for Michigan State. Uh, this team, uh, I mean, man, Mel Tucker has lived in the transfer portal, and they got two jolts in the transfer portal, losing Peyton Moore and to Florida State. Like, there was a, I mean, Depending on who you talk to, uh, maybe Thorne lost the job and Kate Hauser was going to be the guy anyway, but, but I'm not sure about Michigan State this year. Uh, I think there are some things going on in terms of the, Anytime you're building a team now solely by the transfer portal, it's a little bit of a risk because you're just kind of getting one-year rentals instead of recruiting guys and building a strong foundation of a program. Maybe it will work this year. Maybe it won't. Maybe you look at the Spartan schedule. Like, it's a really good, a really good chance, I think, that they may not win a game from that Michigan game on uh, through the end of the year. Your, your final six games, Michigan at Minnesota, home Nebraska at, at Ohio State at Deanna. will be very improved this year and, and home Penn State. So I think it's a very difficult end to the year to uh, I think the uh, the Maryland game early on will probably be a swing game for, uh, for, for Michigan State. But I am uh, five and a five-and-a-half of Michigan State. Cause, uh, the, I think the losses that they had on the offensive side of the ball uh, are going to be too big to, to really overcome in a dramatic uh, sense.
2: Yeah, and as you mentioned, uh, that 39-28 loss to uh, UW to Washington last year. After that, they lost five of their last six, so it really did go downhill from there. Maybe that September sixteenth game against Washington ends up being similarly important yeah. to the fate of this season, if you will, as well. You you isolate the, the, the Maryland.
4: The, fun, game. the funny, the, well, the funny thing is, uh, it's one of those games that, as someone with an under ticket on both Washington and Michigan State, going to have to figure out like, who does the loss, who do I really need to lose that game was more <laughs> right. opportunities to lose throughout the course of the year. How, how can I better my uh, my business? <laughs>
2: Yeah, Chris, we
4: appreciate it. Thank you
2: so much. Apologies about the uh, connection, man. Thank you, though.
4: And I, that, 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 that's okay. We'll, uh, we'll do it again at some point soon once we get closer to the year and maybe a uh, little better connection. Maybe in person. Who knows? My man.
2: Yes, let's do that. Chris Velika, the bear from Fox. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. At Chris Velika, F-A-L-L-I-C-A on the Twitter machine. And once again, uh, to repeat those, Georgia Tech, under 4.5. UVA, under 3.5. Season win total and Michigan State. In the Big Ten, under five and a half. Uh, Real quick, uh, one tennis play for the day. We've gone from uh, the ladies playing in Montreal and the men playing in Toronto, which is a great tournament up in Canada, on the run-up to the U.S. Open to now the tournament right prior to the United States Open on this hard-court season. It, of course, is the uh, Western and Southern Open in Cincinnati. This is how the tennis schedule is every year. It's 1,000 tournaments, so it's, again, the best of the best, just like was the case in Toronto and Montreal. Um, I have one play, and you can actually get it at a better number than I got it. It's on the uh, women's side. I've got Lin uh, I got her at minus 120 against Helena Kalanina. I like that name. Angelina Kalanina. I think if my last name was Kalanina, I'd name my baby daughter Angelina, just for the rhyme. Uh, but right now it's a coin flip. You can actually get 10 cents better than I did, which is not how it's been going. Lately, lately we've gotten uh, tons of CLV to mixed results. Hopefully, not having CLV if this holds, uh, will give us a win but that's what it is right now minus one i'm seeing minus 111 minus 110 on Julin. again i got her minus 120 last night all of these plays tennis and beyond not just me not just guests on this show but all of the hosts on vson all of the guests on vson can be found at vson.com slash picks for subscribers only again i usually put in the tennis the night before as was the case with this so Julin, your tennis play of the day Our own Wes Reynolds will join us momentarily. He, of course, is the co-host of not only VEASAN tonight with Matt Humans, but also Long Shots, the greatest golf podcast there ever was. We will talk golf on the other side with Wes. It's a numbers game at VEASAN, the sports betting network. Numbers game on Vsin, the Sports Betting Network. Power ratings, picks, previews, predictions, pro, as in become a Vsin Pro subscriber, getting all access pass to our betting tools, betting splits, and the 2023 College Football and NFL Betting Guides. Both the College Football Guide and our NFL Betting Guide will have you ready to turn a profit on the gridiron this year. The only way to get the guides and everything we have to offer is to become a Vsin Pro subscriber, and you can do exactly that at vsin.com. Slash subscribe. It's Gil Alexander. We get tweets at beating the book. Always appreciate the feedback on all. Uh, Bobby Peaches, it's great meeting you at uh, Bet Bash. Think it's safe to say we all enjoyed those panels. Uh, Bobby Peaches, among it uh, was great meeting you too. By the way, uh, everyone super friendly again at Bet Bash three. Just an awesome event. I cannot recommend it highly enough. If you have not been to one, Bet Bash four next year. Spanky will have the details when he gets them. So so worth it on so many levels. Uh, Mike D, talk about my Richie Zisk comment. Zisk was raised in Parsippany, New Jersey and played baseball at Parsippany High School. In 2004, he finished his major league career with 207 home runs. Zisk was inducted into the National Polish-American Sports Hall of Fame. There you go. All right. I don't know what the 2004 part was. I misunderstood that part. Trip Tepper, so true about Gridgill. Why do I know that Freddie Patek played for the Royals? <laughs> it's so true. It's it, it lets you know when you... It, it, makes it's a snapshot into your brain oh when i collected baseball cards for whatever reason as part of the evolution of man right we just remember stuff that happens in our childhood and then as i said maybe you played fantasy baseball but then maybe you went to college and chased girls and you didn't care about baseball for four years i don't know maybe so i've heard that happens you know someone told me trevor warwick i have snell 100 to 1 and strider 8 to 1 so based off of what i'm hearing from spore should i go steal at 7 to 1 and just pray gallon fails uh, there's a lot of people who who are in that situation, where they have everybody but Gallon at this point, but somehow he remains the uh, the betting short shot. Every time those of us who have Strider bets are like, oh, we're we're not only watching Strider intently, though we're watching watching to see if Gallon fails on a given night.
3: I, uh, I enjoyed it uh, on Saturday when we were texting. I was like, hey, Spencer Strider, uh, he, yeah, he pitched really well. He goes, oh, trust me, I watched every out, every
2: out, I did. But now, so his ERA is three point seven five. We're going to need a couple more of those, though.
3: It was just a positive start.
2: Yeah, because he was, what, at 3.94 before that game after he got yeah, shelled?
3: Somewhere around there, yeah.
2: So 3.75. you got to get below 3.5. Because otherwise, I don't know that. Because a lot of those voters would be like, what, 3.61? I'm not voting for this guy.
3: Like I told you uh, on Saturday, I think if he has an opportunity to face the Dodgers and have a really good game against them who are red hot right now, yeah, I think that could kind of propel him to the top again.
2: Real quick before we get to Wes, uh, this, the basketball story, in case you missed it this morning, uh, on another side of the world, I believe this was in, uh, was in China, James Harden, this is uh, Sham Starania reporting uh, now a few hours ago, but this happened a couple hours before we got on air. He's at a QA and a And someone asked him a question, and James Harden says, quote, Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Let me say that again. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be part of an organization that he's a part of. Sixers win total 49 and a half. Place your bets. Who would want this dude? I'm not even First of all, just from an aesthetic standpoint, and I loved James Harden when he was at Arizona State, and I loved him at OKC because he was a special, different kind of player. Super unselfish. But he turned the game into this horrible, as the years went on, step back, induce a foul, staccato, horrible watch. They ain't winning championships with him either, by the way. And I think if Joel Embiid is given truth serum, if he was if he was being honest right now, based on this last based on this report this morning, I have a feeling there's a part of him who's like, "Is the best thing that could have ever happened to me." I don't want to play with him anymore. Like I really don't think that Harden is going to get you a championship at this point.
3: I love but, that you brought that up because over the last what five years he's asked for a trade from the Rockets. He's asked for him oh, a trade from the Nets. It's ridiculous. Nets. Now the Sixers. If you trade, like you're not going to give up all these assets to be like a year from now. What if he asks to trade from you?
2: Is a hundred percent a possibility. Wes Reynolds, ladies and gentlemen, is the glue that holds this operation together. He, again, is the co-host of not just VEASAN Tonight with Matt Humans, heard nightly here at VEASAN, but of course, a co-host of the greatest golf podcast there ever was, Long Shots. Wes Reynolds joins us right now. How are you doing, Wes? I'm well, Gil. How are you? I'm doing very well. I said at the top of the show, uh, first leg of the three-pronged FedEx Cup yesterday, the St. Jude and Lucas Glover overcomes a horrific case of swamp tuchus To beat Patrick Cantlay in a playoff, Cantlay was going for his fourth FedEx win in six events, uh, dating back to 2021, which was just unbelievable. Instead, Glover gets back-to-back wins. They cut it from 70 to 50. What do you say about that performance yesterday? And can Glover have a three-peat this week?
1: Yeah, on the Camelay side, first of all, if you recall, the event out here, actually, at TPC Summerlin did the same thing on the first playoff hole, dead left off the tee, and ends up costing him the playoff. But the story, obviously, is Lucas Glover, uh, the fact that he was able to go back-to-back, and I think a lot of us kind of ignored past course form this week, because it's like, hey, can this guy really do it back-to-back? Because Wyndham was obviously an easier field then certainly a FedEx cup event would be like in Memphis uh, last weekend and was able to do it back to back. And I think he's very much even at 43 years old now kind of playing the best golf that he's played ever since he won that U S open at Bethpage Page black back in the late two thousands, he's playing the best golf he has of his career. So I I'm not saying he's on the team, but I think that he's absolutely in consideration and Zach Johnson should be considering him for the Ryder cup because, I don't think that you have a definitive twelve to take over to Rome right now. So I, I can't say that he can't uh, go uh, back to back to back three consecutive weeks. Uh, I think this course at Olympia Fields a little bit tougher though. So you would usually, I think, expect a, a class player to win on a classical course like this.
2: BMW Championship is what Wes is referring to. Again, this goes from St. Jude, the FedEx St. Jude Championship. To the BMW Championship, then to the Tour Championship, where it'll be 30. Remember, 70, 50, 30 is now the format of the FedEx Cup. I know Long Shots is coming up this week. I know you haven't delved completely, but you're good at sort of giving us a name or two here at the front of the uh, week that you believe will be in your bets. Who might that be this week?
1: Yeah, I don't know if I want to give Tommy Fleetwood again like I did last week. He just keeps disappointing on, on Sunday. Had a couple makeable putts. Actually had a chance to uh, get in the playoff with the birdie on 18. Wasn't able to make it. So I don't know. Do I just keep going back to him and be stubborn and betting him until he wins with, you know, to avoid the FOMO, the fear of missing out? Uh, maybe so, maybe not. I haven't decided yet. But uh, I think I'm going to have a little Colin Morikawa, who I thought played solid, just didn't make a lot of birdies. On the weekend at, at 22 to one, uh, I'm going to have him and uh, also go back to Cameron Young. I think I'm seeing market wide at 40. There might have been a couple 50s out there this morning, but those were two that at least jumped out at me at first glance.
2: How big of a preseason football better are you, Wes? Uh, if not a better, then what can you glean, if anything, from week one of the National Football League preseason? What stood out to you?
1: Yeah, look, I have been betting preseason off to at least a fairly decent start. And with preseason, though, what I do, I do a lot more. Uh, you know, different type of markets, not your traditional side and total. So I will play more quarters. I will play more first halves. I certainly look at second halves, and that's just by you know, the quarterback rotation and looking at what quarterbacks I want to play. Like some somebody, like just an example, like a Dorian Thompson Robinson. For Cleveland, is a quarterback you kind of want to be on, and he played well again, even though they went down to defeat Washington on on Friday. And then there's certain quarterbacks you want to you want to fade. But one of the things I guess I was a little bit surprised of is the fact that it was a little bit higher scoring because we always expect okay, you know, the first stringers aren't going to play aren't going to play very much, and the you know the overs does seem to do very well. I believe they went ten five and one in this first full week of preseason. Now last year they regressed to about 500. I think they were like eight and eight in the second week. So I was a little bit surprised to see uh, maybe some higher scoring here in week one than anticipated.
2: Um, Jordan love Sam Howell. I'm trying to think of some of the, uh, the quarterbacks who are incumbent to start for teams, young quarterbacks who uh, obviously, you know, produce varied opinions Those are two that leap to mind, obviously, in backup roles, Zach Wilson, Tyler Huntley. But really, when it comes down to Jordan Love and a guy like Sam Howell in Washington, Jordan Love obviously in Green Bay, did did you take anything away from either of their performances where you're like, okay, maybe they're actually going to be okay?
1: Maybe not much from the performance per se, but I'm a little bit higher on Green Bay than I think a lot of the market is. I think dropping them down to seven and a half is way too low in what is a very wide open division where you have a team that is the favorite and the justifiable favorite, by the way, in Detroit, but they've never been in that role before. And I think there's something to be said for Green Bay, maybe being glad to be done with the Aaron Rodgers' soap opera. And a lot of these veteran guys like okay, we're going to run with the kid. You know, This is your show now. This is your opportunity, and we're going to be there for you. So I actually think, I mean, Green Bay still has a very good defense, uh, pretty solid coaching staff that can still run the ball. They've got all these young receivers that they've drafted and acquired in the last couple of years. So I'm a little bit higher on Green Bay in the market. I think they're being discounted way too soon.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm with you too, Wes. I'm almost worried that too many of us are high on Green Bay now. Like, it's almost become trendy to be on top of them. I don't know. That's just me and and the gambling psychology working against me. More with Wes Reynolds. Host of VEASAN tonight in Long Shots. On the other side, it's a numbers game. VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: Numbers game on VSEN, the sports betting network.
2: BetMGM, the king of sports books, unleashing the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like bonus bets and bet insurance tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your Bet MGM points into MGM rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. Sign up with BetMGM or log in today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. BetMGM and GameSense reminds you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older than wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issues, non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Gil Alexander. Uh, just looking up and down sort of week one NFL preseason box scores and what is noteworthy. Again, trying to trying to see what triggers a bet, or at least makes you think about a bet. A lot of it is obviously backup quarterback-related. Aiden O'Connell of the Raiders gets the backup quarterback award of the weekend, though, by the way, for scoring at home. 15 of 18 for 141, and a 117.8 passer rating for Aiden O'Connell for the Raiders, and their 34-7 win over the Niners. Did you see that stadium? Overrun with Niners fans. So that my, was unbelievable.
3: So my roommate, he works at the Lids at Mandalay Bay, and he said they sold out of Niners stuff like in a heartbeat. <laughs> it was unbelievable.
2: I mean, it's a local rivalry in the Yay, in the Bay Area, but good lord, it's the preseason game. Relax, everybody. Uh, Trey Lance, speaking of backups, Trey Lance with the Niners in that game. He finished ten of fifteen for one twelve, a touchdown, and a one-eleven passer rating himself, but he was also sacked four times, had another interception, would be interception dropped. So I don't think their backup situation in San Francisco wasn't cleared up because Sam Darnold didn't do much better. He was five of nine for eighty four yards. But again, those are backups. Uh, Derek Carr looked good when he was in for the Saints, six of eight for seventy and a touchdown in the Saints' twenty six to twenty four win over the uh, Chiefs yesterday. Um, We mentioned Tyler Huntley looked great. He's solidified his hold on the number two quarterback role for the for the Ravens over Josh Johnson, the peripatetic. Josh Johnson. Zach Wilson looked good, I guess. 14 of 20 for 123 as the backup for the Jets. Aaron Rodgers, but he didn't complete a, pl- a pass that traveled more than 10 yards. Should be pointed out as well. Um, Bears stats look gaudy, but those were all run and catch. Those were all yak for the Bears. They're long touchdowns. Malik Willis looked good for the Titans. Maybe better than Will Levis did. Again, talking about the backup quarterback carousel. Malik Willis, 16- completions for 189 yards and a pick levis 9 of 14 for 85 and a pick we bring in west reynolds because i want to go to the, to the rookies because we started out the show again with, with two things one from a betting perspective again the 560 and 0 permutations and combinations of the three team 10 point over teasers 560 and 0 last year week one this year because one game didn't get there the dolphins game it ends up going 455 and 105 for a two year week one preseason cumulative record of 1,115 and 105. If you did all those combinations of three team 10 point overs, Ravens get to 24 and 0 money line. But I want to ask you, Wes, specifically about your Colts. Anthony Richardson, 7 of 12 for 67 yards, a pick. The pick didn't look good, but we were talking earlier about Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson. It wasn't all their fault. In the case of Young and Stroud, a lot of it was offensive line. In the case of Richardson, it was penalties. It was field position. I mean, I think two drives started inside the 10. Would you start him game one if you're the coach of the Colts right now?
1: I'm starting to think maybe I would, even though I've kind of been a Team Minshew mini here just because. He's a guy that maybe doesn't go win it for you, but he doesn't get to be. And I think working with Steichen, he kind of, you know, knows the system and knows the offense and and can, uh, you know, teach the young man by example. But what you saw with Richardson, I think, is a little bit of why the Colts like him so much and why he has such a high upside. He has he has the talent and he has the arm and he has the size and the athleticism and everything you want. He threw a bad pick, and that's what rookies are going to do. You know, that's something that I often uh, you know, tell people about this. It's like, you remember that Peyton Manning guy? Yeah, he threw 30 interceptions as a rookie in Indianapolis. You have to be able to live with mistakes with a rookie quarterback. So that's why I'm starting to maybe come around to the fact that, you know what, if this team is a rebuild, and I still think that they are. Now, they seem to be think that they're a little bit closer than they realistically are, but you might as you well throw it out there, I, I think, and and, may, and maybe give it a shot. Uh, you know, if, if that's what you're going to do, I think you kind of got to live with mistakes and you got to live with turnovers with a young quarterback and then put all the different tools around him. I obviously think he needs a better receiving core. I think Michael Pittman's a very good receiver, but he's a very good number two receiver. He's not exactly, you know, Peyton Manning having Marvin Harrison here.
2: Yeah, well, I'll put you as the as D'Amico Ryan's. Demico Ryan's has been giving C.J. Stroud every chance to be, you know, solidify himself as a starting quarterback in Houston. Obviously, it's a rebuild. Uh, he's the number two pick in the draft. They traded up to uh, grab Will Anderson at number three. But yeah, I mean, his offensive line didn't do him any any favors, that's for sure. But in the end, you know, it's hard to look at his two of four for thirteen with a pick versus Davis Mills' nine of twelve for ninety nine and a touchdown, and not sort of say to yourself. Yeah, I know they were all under pressure, 60% of their dropbacks, but man, do we want to put this kid in the fire week one? What would you do?
1: Yeah, and and that's understandable, And, and I don't believe the Texans started their entire offensive line because actually the Texans' offensive line, when you looked at it on paper coming into the season, you know, led by Titus Howard isn't a bad group. It, it certainly isn't what the Colts produced last year because the Colts offensive line for as much as they pay those guys and having Quentin Nelson up there up front, uh, they gave up 60 sacks last year. So, so, so that, that is a, a bit of a concern. And usually I'm kind of more old school and I'm a little bit more conservative and it's like, okay, there are the rare birds like the, the Andrew locks and the Peyton Manning's that you start from day one. But You know, you you don't have time almost to really wait anymore because you're drafting these guys so high. You have to know what you have or you get into a situation like the 49ers are with Trey Lance, where it's like, man, we committed to this guy. And and we're we're already not happy. We're already looking to get out of it. So you want to know, I think, in a more immediate manner of what you have with these rookie quarterbacks.
2: Yeah, just looking at some other, uh, you know, stats, Drew Locke is, you know, obviously the the backup, the backup slated behind, of course, uh, Geno Smith in Seattle. He was 17 of 24 for 191 yards in their game versus the Vikings. Two touchdown passes, tough luck pick on a throw that was tipped at the line of scrimmage. Let me just ask you about a betting thing, because anecdotally, I know two guys, Jason Weingarten being one of them, who was on set with me last week, who have bet Stetson Bennett to win Offensive Rookie of the Year at massive triple-digit odds. And I just want to know if you're buying or selling on the path of this as a potential bet at those kinds of numbers. Stetson Bennett for the Rams, um, his first series would have resulted in a turnover if not for two dropped picks, but instead he capped it with a 16-play, 75-yard drive with an 11-yard touchdown pass. Then he led a 4-play, 75-yard scoring drive highlighted by a 17-yard touchdown pass to Tyler Johnson, Would you make a bet on Stetson Bennett to win Offensive Rookie of the Year just under the circumstances of, you know, if in fact the Rams don't start well and by midseason they're sort of like, well, we're not going to do anything this year. Maybe, Maybe you should take a seat, Matthew Stafford.
1: I probably would not personally because I don't really go all that deep into the awards markets, but you know, it's not implausible with the fact that you have Matthew Stapp coming off of surgery. He's not getting any younger. Uh so yeah, he he could get hurt and find himself out of it, and then Sean McVay has to go to the young guy from Georgia.
2: All right. Wes appreciate it. by the way B. John Robinson is the short shot at Offensive Rookie of the Year plus two seventy five. Young Richardson Stroud, five to one, six to one plus eight fifty the incumbent rookie quarterbacks for uh, the three respective teams, Panthers, Colts, and Texans. Thank you, Wes. Appreciate it. We'll listen to you tonight.
1: All right. Thank you.
2: VEASAN tonight, of course, Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight. Is that 9 p.m. Pacific or 9 p.m. Eastern? I think it's 9 p.m. Eastern. Yeah. 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. By the way, uh, we get tweets, we get texts. Will Hill also pointing out about that James Harden story, you know, The other side of that James Harden story, rather than just piling on James, is if, in fact, there was a handshake deal with Daryl Morey, and they were boys, those two guys, Morey and Harden. Morey loved nothing more than having James Harden on his team uh, in in two venues, in two cities. Harden, you know, the deal was if Harden was going to take less last year to maneuver the cap on the condition that, you know, Morey hooks him up with a long-term deal this summer and that he reneged on that, well, then Harden is justifiably upset by that. Um, that could be the case as well, but again, you know, you're making, what, $40 million plus? You're playing for the Sixers. You're still a playoff team. Uh, perhaps you should temper that anger as well. And Joe Pita chiming in about Immaculate Grid, he did not hear us talking about it. He goes, the greatest game for anyone our age to uh, on, to, to stave off early onset dementia. And he says, kidding, not kidding. Immaculate grid. Can't say enough about it. We've done all we could do. Lombardi Line is next. Enjoy from VC, the Sports Betting Network.